episode of the Dudes Talking Football podcast. I am your host, Johnny Cox, joined as always by my co-analyst and producer, Tim Brown, and his brother and also our newest co-analyst, Will Brown. How you doing, guys? What up? What up, money? All right, so um, podcast is, uh, we got a good one for you today. I'm not going to be here for the whole thing, but I got to do my thing and introduce it. And uh, I was here while we got a great interview with Damian Alombra, which will be coming up later, blogger for the BSU blog One Broncos Nation Under God, uh, talking about some college football playoffs, BSU, some players. Some his, draft. His, some draft, his Raiders. Yeah. Um, I almost threw up again when I said it just then. Ooh. But um, anyways, I'll be running off just because I got some other things I uh, have to take care of tonight. So. Hey, 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 hey. No, sit back down. Sit back down because before you go, I gotta get your take on this Denver Kansas City game. Well, Let's hear uh, it. you know, Johnny, we, you know, here we are. None of us had a good week, and we'll get to that later. Mm. Um, I thought Ken- I was gonna get away before yeah. I had to talk about it, but yeah, Kansas City. No, um, no, no, no. You missed Denver, that. dude. I feel for you because I, I've been there with having the fourth quarter lead and blowing it in overtime. Yeah, so here's my thoughts on it. I'm actually not as pissed off and heartbroken as I probably normally would be at a loss like this. And I'm sure some of that has to do with a little bit of insulation from just having won a Super Bowl. It probably has to do with the fact that uh, they refunded your wings. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, we ordered a pizza in the first quarter, at the start of the first quarter of the game, and it finally arrived in the middle of the fourth. Yep. That was something else. Yeah, the pizza and wings. Um, yeah, that, that, that was just a bad night all around, but here's the deal. Um, I've talked to a lot of my buddies today. I talked to Tim and Will obviously about the game. I got a few takeaways from it. First of all, as much as it sucks to lose it, I was told by multiple people that it's one of the most entertaining games they've watched in a while. Yeah, absolutely. I loved what it was a good game. Yeah, it was well played. It had a, it had really good defense. Then it had some really good offense. It went into overtime. Um, my main takeaways of it are this. The older I get, the more um, I want my teams to earn their wins. Um, don't get me wrong. It's nice when my team steals a win and I'll take it or whatever. But the fact of the matter is the Broncos were at home and they had multiple ways to win this game multiple times. And they didn't get it done. Hats off to Kansas City. Uh, they earned it. They had to earn it. Uh, their back was against the wall um, from like – you know, the end of the fourth quarter all the way into overtime, they needed a touchdown, they got a touchdown. Then they needed a conversion. They got a conversion. That's something the Patriots couldn't do against us last year uh, in that same situation. Then yeah, they absolutely. Then they stopped us in overtime when we got the ball first. Then they scored the, you know, the winning score. So speaking of the winning score, real quick, let's get your take on that ridiculous field goal because I, I know I've never seen anything Remember like my it. reaction? I was like, oh, it's – well, they here's the thing, it. right? There was a ridiculous field goal attempt, and then there was a ridiculous field goal that sealed it for the Chiefs. Yeah, a bad call or a good call? Um, you know what? I I walked out of your house as soon as they called it good. Um, <laughs> so I'm not gonna dwell on it. If it if here's it kind of comes back to what I was saying. I was talking more about the Broncos call to kick oh, it. Oh, yeah, okay. Should Kubiak, Kubiak have settled for that tie? You know, okay. Here's the thing. Um, it's really easy to criticize a coach when they make a decision like that. I'm not going to because here's the difference between Kubiak and Fox. John Elway said he wants our teams to go down kicking and screaming. Kubiak went for the win. 
Kubiak was thinking about yeah yeah Kubiak went for the win Kubiak went for what would have set us up better in the division Kubiak went for what would have set us up better in the playoff picture McManus has that range it was an awful kick it was cold um so I mean I'm sure it was like kicking a rock but you know it sucks that it happened like that but for some weird reason I'm strangely not as pissed about this as I probably should be but again like I was saying I mean we're coming off a Super Bowl year um it kind of sucks as I'm sitting here listening to myself that I'm that complacent already um but you know I mean you're a Jets fan and you're an Eagles fan so I know that you guys really don't want to hear me complain about oh no yeah I was I was just I was gonna make a point earlier when you said you know the older you get the more you want your teams to earn your wins I was like what that is the talk of a spoiled fan yeah like come on like the run. older i get the less likely i am to see the jets make it to the super bowl i want them to get those wins however they can get them but when you're a denver fan and you get them every you know you make a deep playoff run every other year last time the jets won a super bowl was what 1969 super bowl three against the colts 69 okay, yeah, nice. our last championship we have never won a super bowl was 1960 so, I mean, to get us back on track here, um, I definitely think that Kubiak made the right call. Um, you know, you, you why settle for a tie? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just ridiculous. You're right. It would have set them up. And look at how that division is playing. Right. I mean, if he would have made that, they're a game up. Um, that's a brilliant call. Um, but, I mean, in hindsight, you know, we can all look at it and question it or whatever. I think that I would be thrilled to have a coach in that exact situation who made that same call. So good Kansas for City not very good on the road traditionally. I bet they lose another game on the road. We'll know, see what happens. Guys, we'll see how it shakes out. I mean, um, shout out to my homie Caesar that always listens to the pod. He's he's one of our fans and a good friend of mine. Um, his team is the Dolphins. I had a conversation with him today saying get out of our playoff spot. Um, and you know he we will talk uh, you know more about the NFL. Uh, you know here in a little bit. Squish the fish. Squish the fish. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, I got to get out of here, guys. Cool, yeah, guys. Hey. So we'll see you. Peace out, bro. All right. Well, I mean, now that Johnny's gone, I mean, I'm kind of lost. He usually takes us through these things. What do we even talk about? Well, this is a NFL podcast. The first, you know, majority Brown Brothers podcast. You know, Will, I say we just uh, go ahead and dive right into it and uh start with that uh cardinals falcons game oh man um i mean i'm i'm pretty sure i called it um that the falcons were gonna you know that they were gonna win um the cards is just another nail and the the coffin that's getting pretty tight around them um i will say patrick peterson played fairly well against uh, julio jones there was a lot of you know bumping and uh, and running and, you know, holding, uh, a few holding calls on Patrick Peterson that I thought, eh, shouldn't have been there. I really like watching those elite wide receivers team uh, match up against the, uh, the those elite corners and just letting them play. Um, but uh, I think Patrick Peterson did a fairly decent job. Julio got the best of him on a couple of plays. Um, overall, it was an exciting matchup to watch. Um, but, I mean, definitely watching the game, it looked like the Cardinals were outclassed, and I think that it shows on the score. Interesting, interesting. Titans, Bears. Titans, Titans, Bears. Um, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't watch much of this game. I, I had it on Red Zone at the time. 
Um, and really see either, anything from either team that I like too much. Um, obviously, the Titans won. Um, they deserved to win that game by a very slim margin. Um, man, there's not much to say about that one. I did want to note that uh, I thought Barkley did pretty good. Not not bad. You know, he made some mistakes. He made some plays. The Bears had a chance to win it in the goal line. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, going into the last 10 seconds of the game, they were at, like, the 10 and had two chances to win it. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know much to say. I thought that the Bears could have pulled that out. Jaguars, Bills. Oh, man, this was a pretty good game. Um, I watched a good majority of this game. Um, I think the Jaguars did a fairly decent job um, at the beginning of the game, stopping the run. Um, they were giving um, the, the Bills offensive line um, a, pretty good, uh, a pretty good game there for, for a minute. Um, and then, you know, it, it didn't take long for Taylor to open things up. And, you know, Shady McCoy broke off for a 70-yard run, I think, in that game. Um, so I think of the Jaguars, you know, they, they could have been able to hang on to that game plan from the first couple of quarters. They might have squeaked that one out, um, but, you know, the Bills are on the rise. Um, it is just the Jaguars, but it's going to be interesting to see how their season progresses. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, this was a division, divisional game. I thought it would be close. I thought it would be tough. Bengals, Ravens. Yeah, I mean, I'm, we called this last week. We knew that the Ravens were going to win. Um, the Bengals are just down and out right now. Um, they're without two of their biggest playmakers on offense. Um, I mean, I don't even think the Bengals expected to win that game uh, going into it. So I, it's just disappointing. I'm, I'm definitely excited. I don't want to write them off already. I mean, because there's, there's plenty of football left. Um, plenty of things can happen from now until playoffs. Obviously, they're they're pretty much out. Um, I but think they uh, are three seven and one. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to call it just quite yet. Maybe we'll wait for another week. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, man. Did you see the uh, Jason Pierre-Paul interception run back for a touchdown? I did, and you know, a lot of people were, uh, you know, they were questioning whether he was back to true form, um, as to whether that hand could could hold up. And uh, I don't think there's going to be any questions after that one. Yeah, I mean, he was playing the Browns. Um, I thought that the Giants would dominate this game more. Yeah, absolutely, I did too. Um, But, hey, I mean, I don't really think they were playing too aggressively. I think they had a game plan that they knew was going to be enough just to beat the Browns um, and, you know, not not to let them come back. And I think they weren't trying to do too much more than that, so. Yeah, um, Rams, Saints, Goff played pretty good at first, and then it kind of got out of hand for him. Yeah, well, I mean, and I, I, I hate to, to call it when I'm right, um, but I said that, you know, the week before, I can't remember who we played, but uh, or who they played, but it, it was kind of a, a yawner of a game. The Dolphins. The Dolphins, yeah, and um, I, I called that playing the, uh, the New Orleans Saints is going to be an air battle, and so he was going to have to get into it eventually. Um, and he played fairly well in the first, I mean, not bad for, I don't want to call it his first NFL game, but, I mean, it was his first NFL game. Um, he didn't really do much uh, against Miami. So, yeah, I mean, I saw a lot of things that I liked, um, and I saw a lot of mistakes that I would expect, um, you know, a, a rookie 
quarterback make. Yeah, speaking of the the, the Dolphins, 49ers, Dolphins. Um, <clears throat> so, man, I the Dolphins are second in the, in the AFC East right now, and I would not have called that at the beginning of the season. In fact, I put them at the bottom of the, the AFC East, um, and I had the Jets in that number two spot right there beneath the Patriots, and they're going on a tear. What has it been, like six games in a row or something now? Um, so I'm really excited. Um, I mean, they, they have talent on that offense. Their offensive line isn't bad. Um, I think, um, God, I can't remember, uh, quarterback, help me out. Tannehill. Tannehill, God. I think Tannehill's a fairly capable quarterback. Um, so yeah, I, I don't really think they have a chance of making a deep shot in the playoffs, but you know, they surprised me this far and maybe they'll surprise me some more. Yeah. I thought the 49ers did a good job of staying in that game, had a chance to win it. Did you see the hit that Kaepernick took to end the game? No, I did not see that one. I hear a lot of people talking about it, though. Yeah, it was quite a hit. Chargers-Texans. Um, I'm not going to lie. I didn't watch any of this game, so I can't really comment. Um, I mean... I know that me and Johnny called the Chargers to win. Did I, did I call the Texans? You, you did. Oh, um, man. This it, is... Honestly, though, this is one that could have gone either way. It, it could have gone either way. I thought, you know, the Texans would have put up a little bit more fight... Um, I got to introduce this next one. The Buccaneers versus the Seahawks. Now, on last week's episode, you said they were going to win, and we didn't believe you. We thought you were crazy. I looked at you like you were crazy. Um, But, man, that defense, what about it? Yeah, it was just, uh, to me, Seattle playing in New England, um, traveling back home, playing... I would say I don't, I don't even know how I categorize it. They didn't steamroll Philly. Um, they won that game. And then going back down to Florida all the way from Seattle. So you think it was a Tampa. tough road stretch yeah, there it, that got it, These are games that Seattle loses. Um, yeah, I mean, and you and did say I, it a couple of episodes ago that, you know, they, they drop games um, all over the place. You know, they're um, 11 and 5 team typically, so they had to lose somewhere. Right, and um, so it was, it was good. Good win for Winston and them boys. Um, they're still in the thick of the the, the playoffs, uh, wild card race, and everything like that. So good win. I called it. You guys got to come to me for picks. You guys got to keep doing that. Hey, um, I didn't do too bad myself last you week. You did not. Um, Panthers, Raiders. Uh, this was a good game, and uh, <clears throat> uh, we kind of had a debate in our, uh, I mean, not that anybody cares, <clears throat> um, but our, our fantasy football um we have, we have a Voxer chat that we run as to what's going on with Carolina. Um, and I think what it is is that, um, you know, Carolina, Cam Newton's such a good quarterback, and he kind of elevates um, a lot of the receivers and the talent around him. I don't really think that, um, you know, the, the receiving core that they have on their team um, is necessarily good enough to make a run with uh, a Super Bowl run with any other team, and yet there they were last year. Um, so what happens when a, when a quarterback like Cam Newton loses all that confidence is it brings the rest of the team down to about where they should have been playing in the first place. And I think that's what we saw. Um, Derek Carr obviously had that injury, um, you know, let the Panthers catch up quite a bit, um, and then came back. And, man, it's just Derek Carr can do no wrong this season. I, I am surprised. And also, like, I, I feel – a little bit impressed at the same time. I, I like watching this kid play. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's been a while. It's been a, 
They've the Raiders have never really been good since I started watching football. So, but let's go back up. Wait, there, we, there was one thing I I did want to you know mention. We mentioned the Cam Newton thing, and you know in years past and this year the Panthers have never been, you know that great. And I I just want to get your take nine ten years from now, if they're still, you know just average and Cam Newton had that one shot. You know, that one spectacular season and he didn't get it done. How's See, that going to affect him? So, I still think Cam Newton. I I can't put him in a top five group because there's so many other quarterbacks that are playing, you know, at that level that should be in the contention for that list. I definitely put him in a top ten list. Look, I know he's not playing well. But I honestly think playing those two games back-to-back against Denver – I, how much did Von Miller get in his head? How much did that Denver defense break Cam Newton? Because, um, I mean, they came out and they played a good game against Denver that that week one game. Yeah. They lost, obviously, but it was a good game, and Cam Newton looked solid. Um, after taking a couple of hits from Von Miller and, and all of that and, and getting the, those sacks, I mean, he just can't stay upright all season. I think that has a lot to do with his confidence. I think they're going to look at that this offseason. Cam Newton's going to realize that, you know, he's got to play better mentally upstairs. And, um, you know, I think they'll be back. Somebody else that took a big hit, not not necessarily this week, but he was affected by it from last week, was Rob Gronkowski. You know, I I, I was so close to actually getting the, call, the, the pick right and even... The score. I said the Jets would win twenty to nineteen. They lost twenty two to seventeen. Your thoughts on the Jets? Ah, oh, man, I, they had it. I, they, they did, obviously. Um, they Jets their way out of it. Um, I, all the, look, all these games since the butt fumble four years ago. I think it's like the last seven games or something like that have been decided by seven points or less. These games are close. I mean, even when we had Geno Smith on our team and we had, like, no receivers um, and we were just doing poorly overall, I mean, we still almost beat them both times that season. So anytime I see the Patriots and Jets matchup, it's never going to be a blowout, at least in my mind, um, you know, barring a Thanksgiving game here and there. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I, they had the momentum. The Jets got up early 10-0, um, and uh, they were looking good. Ryan Fitzpatrick you know, got a hit Quincy and Nunwa, um a couple of times. And then uh, Robbie Anderson with that fumble. Um, and Malcolm Butler, did you see that? Did you see that play? So Robbie Anderson catches the football, and he goes to run, like, to, like, to run it upfield. And Malcolm Butler came through and just punched it out of it. Like, it wasn't like just he, he was swinging his arms out. He just straight punched that thing out. It was a brilliant heads-up play by him. Um, and then it just turned to crap from there. I, I mean, <clears throat> one takeaway, Quincy Anunwa is the future of our receiving core. Obviously, we got Brandon Marshall in there, but how many years has he got left? Right. Um, Quincy Anunwa looked great. Decker at, is a nice piece when healthy. Yeah, and, and he, see, here's the thing. I see both Quincy Anunwa and Eric Decker as good, you know, number two options. Um, so I think one of those guys like a Robbie Anderson, maybe as he gets he progresses, he gets a little older. He'll have to be um, he'll have somebody's gonna have to step up into that number one slot. But really stoked on Quincy and Nunwa, especially after that game. Yeah, and then they uh, 
we are already covered Sunday night. Monday night football, Green Bay, Philadelphia. Philadelphia missed a really good chance to um, be right right in the thick ahead of the uh, the wild card. Um, didn't get it done. Penalties, turnovers, in- injuries, a list of things. Uh, Packers look like 2014 Packers. Um, thoughts? Well, I mean, you know my thoughts. We've talked about it again. And I'm sorry, I'm not going to hold any punches just because we're on air. Um, I, I've said it. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the game. He's had a, he's had a lull um, for a minute, and I just knew that a game like this was coming. And this wasn't even a peak game for Rodgers. He made some brilliant throws. Um, and it was just, this is why I like watching Aaron Rodgers. Cause like you just, you just watch those games and every once in, there's at least one Packers game a season where I go, Oh my God, how did he make that throw? And that throw, what was it? Like 40, 50 yards right over a defender's shoulder into the one spot he could get it. I mean, I haven't seen a more accurate pass all season. Um, I mean, I think. You know, you this might have been some karma for you. You you know, you I got a lot of Green Bay friends. You kind of maybe talked a little trash a little bit, and then the real Aaron Rodgers stood up and showed you what was up. Yeah, I mean, good for them. Uh, I'll be back when you guys miss the playoffs and rub it in. Oh, know? man. Because, you know, us Philly fans, uh, I think we pride ourselves being the dirtiest and the nastiest in the league, and I have no problem with it. We are Philly and Philly is nasty, so oh, come with it. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Um, but let's move on. You know, enough with the cheese, cheese head, because everyone likes provolone and no one likes cheddar. So, uh, Will, this is your podcast. You know, what do you, what do you, what, what are we getting into? Um, man, kind of putting me on the spot right here. I mean, we we've talked about the Jets. Um, we've talked about you know a number of teams. Um. I kind of want to talk about the Denver Broncos' offense. Um, their their offense looked good um, against the Chiefs. I am just thrilled with Emmanuel Sanders. Um, I, I, I say this all the time to all my Denver fans. I don't know how he's not the one number one option. That guy just shows up, and you know, anytime he's out on the field, he makes a huge impact. I'm a big fan of Emmanuel Sanders. Um, a real question. How far is Trevor Simeon going to take the Denver Broncos? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I personally don't like Simeon. Um, you know, after that loss to Kansas City, there's a good chance, Will, that they don't even make the playoffs now. So, so here's my question. Is Trevor Simeon playing better or worse than Brock Osweiler played for Denver last year? I would say worse. I And see, that's... And not that Trevor Simeon's a bad quarterback. I think he's he's a very capable quarterback. But, but but let's let's look at it. Last year when we were watching um, Brock Osweiler play for Denver, he was playing well, and you know that's how he got that big contract in Houston. And then now what's he done? I think his true colors are showing. So I think that you know the the Denver offense, the talent that they have around him, is allowing Trevor Simeon to play a little, maybe even a significant amount uh, better than what he's actually capable of. Um, I just, I don't see it. I don't think he's that good. Yeah, um, I, I don't I, think so either. Obviously, they're they're going to be in every game, you know, with that defense. Um, you know, we talk about Brock Eisweiler. 
thing about Brock is that he had the ability to make very good downfield throws. Simeon doesn't have that. Everything's kind of checked down, you know, maybe a, a few passes over the middle. Um, the run game is struggling with C.J. Anderson out. So let's, I mean, let's just talk, I mean, let's move on from that and let's just talk about the AFC in general. So, I mean, we have our clear, we have our clear winners. Um, I mean, obviously we got the Patriots in the East. Um, we and, don't, the West is not decided. And, and that's the thing is like the West is where that battle is. Is the AFC West going to claim both of those wildcard spots? It could happen. It, it very could happen. I think it's likely to happen actually because uh, Miami holds the other one, and they got some tough games ahead of them. I, 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 here's the thing. I don't trust Simeon, and I don't trust Tannehill. I trust Denver's defense. Oh, absolutely. Miami has a nice defense. Rookie head coach versus experienced head coach. I was, I was actually looking at an interesting stat. So, obviously, we know Ryan Fitzpatrick's horrible. Um, but Peyton Manning made t- made it to the Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos with a less a lesser passer rating than Pey- or than uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick has this season. So that just tells you all you need to know about that uh, Denver defense. They show up and they win games. Um, and I think they're the same defense, or at least very close to the same defense as last year. Um, looking at some of the other ones, I what mean, what about got- the South? You, you talk about the AFC. Who's coming out of the South? Well, the South is one of those, it's like, I always look at the AFC South as kind of like a gimme division. I mean, somebody from the South has to win because a seed from every division goes. Um, obviously, the Texans went, went last year. What's um, their record right now? They're 6-5. and five. Okay. Um, I think they, um, I think they had a worse, yeah, they were like, I think they were just barely above 500 last year. Um, and you know, they made it to the playoffs. Obviously the Jets didn't make it in at 10 and six. I was pretty salty about that. Um, I just, I see Houston going in. Um, the Colts could very, I, that, that's my pick. Yeah. You know, I, I, I gotta, I gotta stick with the Colts. You guys know I've been on them all year. The Colts are, they're a game down, um, you know, from, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, they're a game down I, I, that's all it is. Um, and, um, you know, they could very easily... I mean, they play the Jets on Monday. They're, right. they're probably going to pick up a game right there. Um, you know, it's in New York, um, Brett, you know, primetime. I'm excited for that game, but that's for the next podcast. What about the North? What's going on in the AFC North? Well, I mean, we got Baltimore and Pittsburgh battling it out for the uh, the number one and, spot and right now. And they're tied for the division lead, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Obviously, I definitely don't think Baltimore is going to take that seed. Um, I think Pittsburgh, they're going to figure out, you know, what's, what's causing some of these hiccups and they're going to come in. They're taking that seed. Let's be real. Yeah. I mean, I, I give Baltimore a fair chance, you know, a lot of experience on that team and, um, it shows that Flacco, it shows that Baltimore's got the tiebreaker right now. Um, but obviously if, uh, Pitt goes up a game, it doesn't mean anything. So, um, yeah. And, and that's it. I, here are my picks. So, I mean, we got the New England Patriots. We got Pittsburgh coming from the north. Uh, we got, um, you know, I'm going I'm to meet you there. I'm going to say Indy takes it uh, in the south. And then I say both of the wild card spots. We got Oakland. Who, I think. who wins the, the, the west? Oakland's taking the division in the west. You think so? Yeah, I definitely think so. I think 
Um, Kansas City, eh, I'm not really too hot on them. Yeah, they beat Denver. It was a good game. It was a close game. Um, but really the only one that I can see beating De uh, Oakland is Denver. And they're two games down right now. Right. Um, so, and, you know, even when Oakland's bad, they pick up a game against Denver. So, um, I definitely I definitely think we're going to see three seeds coming from the West. Um, Interesting. I, I th and it I think it's be... going to go on this way. I think we're going to have Oakland, Kansas City, and Denver. And that's going to be the playoff picture for the AFC. Oakland, Kansas City. Denver. Denver. Coming out of the AFC West. Coming out of the AFC West. Yep, and that's, that's going to uh, take both of the wild Who's going to get the number one seed in the AFC? Ooh, number one seed. I definitely think New England's going to take New it. New England. So the road will travel through Boston. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I mean, let's be real. We expected it. Tom Brady was suspended for four games. We knew he was going to come back with a vengeance. And he was going to, you know, he was going to show everybody, like, hey, you know, it doesn't matter how deflated my balls are. Like, you know, I'm here to play and... I mean, I can't fault the guy. I will say this. He didn't look like the Tom Brady that I'm used to seeing against the Jets. It was definitely something off about him. He dropped some gimme deep throws that, you know, I mean, every other team's been able to pick up on us. So, I mean, he's, he's got that ankle injury. Um, and I definitely, <clears throat> definitely think that, um, uh, you know, that's something to keep an eye on because it, it definitely hampered his play. Let's talk NFC playoff picture real quick. Oh, man, you gonna I mean, get, I, I, you're going to get real mad. Yeah, you know. Um, so let's start in the East. Obviously, Dallas should win the division. I mean, they're, yeah, 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 yeah. They're they're, they're taking that division. Take the division. It looks like. Let's talk uh, NFC North. Who do you like? We got Detroit, Minnesota, and Green Bay still in it. Um, I honestly think Minnesota is going to do it, and I, I mean, I think that we had high expectations for their defensive line at the beginning of the season. They played really well, and then they kind of dropped off. So I think they're going to figure that out, um, and I think they're going to they're going to make a, a great run to the end of the season. Um, sorry, Green Bay fans. I don't think this win against Philly was enough. Um, and even if you take it, hey, you guys' defense isn't competing with with anybody. Um, no offense to you, Tim, but you guys were out. Jordan Matthews. Um, yeah, he got hurt. He's your best wide receiver on that team, and like the Philly against a terrible Philly receiving core, they were still taking some huge chunks out of that defense. So you guys got to plug the holes, or you might as well not even show up. Yeah, um, I I do actually like Detroit. Honestly, Atlanta. You and, like Stafford that much, huh? Not about Stafford. I, there's some other pieces. A lot of. A lot of offensive weapons and defenses. About I've always been a I like Stafford the coach. fan. I like the coach, Jim yeah. Caldwell. Um, All right, so. A, a preacher it, man. Moving on, we got Atlanta. Atlanta and Tampa Bay. New Orleans. New Orleans is actually still kind of sort of in it. We should know more after the this weekend, but Atlanta and Tampa Bay. I take Atlanta. Yeah. They, they have, a, what, they have the number one offense right now? Um, I, I, yeah, I believe they have the number one offense. I think, um, Arizona had a top ranked defense. It was at least top five coming yeah, into this game. Interesting. And Arizona, like, Atlanta just, man, like I said earlier in the pod, they just outclassed them. Um, I think Atlanta's looking really good and without Carolina in the division, threatening any sort of a playoff run, really, I think Atlanta's going to take that one. Moving on, NFC West. Obviously, Seattle... Jeez, they got a they got an easy one this year. So, so it comes down to the wild cards. Right now we have New York Giants, 
the Redskins in it in the hunt is Green Bay, Philadelphia, Tampa Bay. That's pretty much it. So are you riding off Arizona? Arizona. Yeah. Done? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, there's a huge chasm here between some of these teams and the NFC versus some of the teams in the AFC. I definitely think the Super Bowl is going to the NFC this year. Um, and I, after my team's out, which they obviously already are, yeah, I, couldn't care, I couldn't care less what conference gets it, as long as it's not the New York Giants uh, or the Patriots, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be like the playoff, the, the wild card hunt is actually really exciting in the NFC. And uh, as we go on the next couple weeks, it's going to be really exciting. Cool. You know, uh, we did have an interview with your boy. Uh, oh, yeah, Damian. Damian yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he came on. He had a lot of interesting things to say about Boise State. Um, we kind of covered, uh, Bo- we did a deep dive into Boise State and uh, some of their problems. We talked about uh, draft prospects. Um, and, uh, yeah, then we, we talked about the o- Oakland Raiders. So if you're a fan of the Oakland Raiders, um, you know, You're going to want to hear this. So, yeah, we, uh, we've got a good interview coming up. Why don't up. we just uh, cut to that interview right now? Yeah, sounds good, man. All right, so we are joined once again by a frequent friend of the podcast, Damian Alhambra. He is, of course, a blogger for One Broncos Nation Under God, uh, that being the BSU Broncos. And um, he's a Raiders fan extraordinaire. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about with you today, Damian. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, so, uh, you know, probably the first thing we want to get into um, is another loss by BSU. Uh, It seems like the only games they lose are right at the most pivotal time. Uh, But maybe that's just bias because, you know, every loss is felt in this area pretty uh, extravagantly. Can you give us uh, your thoughts on that game and what happened there and what it means for BSU? Well, first off, I want to say I uh, appreciate the fact that you said another loss by BSU. That really just makes my heart feel so, so filled with love. Um, but as far as that loss, um, you're, you're kind of right in that a lot of these soul-crushing losses seem to happen at the worst possible time because they always seem to, um, the team always seems to prime themselves for a really good uh, run and then just, just for whatever reason, let it, let it slip away. Uh, specifically on that one, if you did not get a chance to see it, uh, first half, the offense just wasn't clicking. Um, Rippon for the game was like 9 for 26 for passing. Um, he was just not on par with his receivers. Um, and it, it, one of the frustrating things about that game um, and last year, actually, too, against Air Force, was um, Jeremy McNichols opened up the, uh, the game with a great run. Last year, I think it was an 85 or 75-yard run for a touchdown, first play of the, of the game, and it was you know, set to be an awesome one. This time, it was somewhere around 50 yards on the first play, and then the second play, he runs it in for a touchdown. So you think that uh, they're going to be on this great roll. And then just things kind of collapsed after that. Um, you can tell that they were pressing. Um, Air Force runs the triple option, which is all about ball control, ball movement. Um, part of it is um, the defense has to, A, just be disciplined and not get tricked by all the, you know, where the ball is going to go. And then, B, the blocking. 
the defense, or excuse me, the offensive line, uh, a lot of times are going to be a good 20, 30 pounds smaller than an average uh, offensive line, so they use a lot of cut box, and that creates a lot of hesitancy by the defensive line, because they're not going to be as aggressive, and uh, they're going to be, you know, watching out for their knees, and rightly so, considering, you know, a lot of injuries do happen. Um, as far as Boise State going forward, um, they still finished the year 10-2, and two. you know, that's a pretty decent resume, at least as far as, you know, quant- uh, quantity of wins are, are concerned. Uh, 10 wins season in college football is by no means a, a failure. It's disappointing, of course, because they were just happened to be the wrong games, uh, but, you know, not a failure. Um, but there's a lot of options uh, as far as bulls are concerned. Yeah, Damien, um, can, Tim here, um, can you give us kind of a guessing game of maybe what bowl we could be looking at? So there's, there's a lot of predictions, and a lot of people are – now it kind of seems like they're throwing uh, darts at a wall to try to figure out where they would go. Um, the Mountain West has uh, several tie-ins. Uh, the the quote-unquote best bowl – would, um, in theory, be the uh, Las Vegas Bowl. And the the matchup traditionally would be the the best bowl, or excuse me, the best team from the Mountain West versus probably a middle of the road Pac-12 team, like a maybe a seven and five Utah or something like that. But uh, this year, unfortunately, the Pac-12 is not going to be able to meet all their uh, specific tie-ins because they don't have enough bowl-eligible teams. And so one guess was, could, could be uh, uh, Mississippi State out of the SEC. The part of the problem with that is that they're actually only 5-7. Um, you're supposed to be a 6-16 six and six team to be, or excuse me, um, a 6 Maybe six and seven. I guess it depends uh, to be bowl eligible, but because um, there aren't going to be enough teams to fill the empty slots, they have to go by the APR. That's the Academic Progress Report by the NCAA. And so that's one option is um, uh, Mississippi State. That was brought up by Stuart Mandel of Sports Illustrated. Another uh, possibility people were throwing out, I can't remember if it was the Cactus Bowl um, down in uh, Arizona uh, that could possibly be against Baylor, that was one of the bigger one. One of the longer shot bowl games that people keep tossing out is the Potato Bowl in Boise against Idaho, but that's, that's a pretty long shot, I don't know if necessarily people would want to do that one however, uh, a game against Idaho could fill the seats. All right, so um, another question I wanted to ask you is just about the bigger college football playoff picture, uh, you know, near the top of things. Uh, what do you see happening there, and what do you think we're in store for? Well, it's kind of funny because, uh, first off, Alabama is number one, and I, there's, there's no question there. Even if they were to lose um, this weekend against Florida, which I highly doubt would happen, 
But if they did lose that game, they would they would still be a shoo-in for the the, uh, the playoffs. Maybe not the number one seed, but even then, probably so. So after that, everybody else following that is kind of uh, up for grabs. Uh, right now, uh, the the CFP did release their rankings, and it, it was uh, so Alabama number one, Ohio State number two, Clemson number three, and Washington number four. Um, earlier this year, I was pretty sure. Yeah, that was my, my top four when we talked about it earlier this year. Um, depending on how things go, Clemson and Washington have um, conference uh, championships this weekend. If they win, uh, I have no doubt in my mind, they are in and make up the top four. It's if one or two of those teams lose that we get kind of the, the muddy waters um, Michigan is number five, and Wisconsin is number six, and Penn State's number seven. Now, it's kind of interesting because it's a big controversy considering Ohio State will not even be able to be a division champion, let alone the Big Ten champion, um, because they don't even you know, get a chance to go um, to the championship. It's uh, going to be Wisconsin and Penn State. And so if um, Clemson and Washington lose, it could be Alabama versus three Big Ten teams. And that's, that's kind of just a weird twist of fate considering, um, you know, the, uh, all the Big Ten teams kind of beat each other up a little bit. But um, I, I, for one, hope, I do hope that Washington and Clemson win that way, it's just not Alabama beating up on one of you know three Big Ten teams. Yeah, that was some uh, really good insight there, Damian. Thank you for sharing. Um, I have a question for you um, in regards to uh, BSU players um, uh, and uh, them entering the draft. Um, we've seen some success in the past uh, with BSU running backs. Um, we have J.I.J.I. who's having a great year. In Miami, we have Doug Martin, who's a staple for that uh, that run offense in Tampa Bay. Um, Jeremy McNichols is having an, a fabulous year. Um, is BSU a, a farm school for running backs? Can what, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I hope so. And it's <laughs> interesting to say that because uh, Boise State has been pretty uh, spoiled in terms of running backs. Um at least on the collegiate level, they've always had one, that one feature back that is the man who you know who's going to get the carries and who's going to be um, the it guy when it comes to you know who has to make uh, you know a couple of yards in a cloud of dust. Um, Jeremy McNichols, uh, uh, Dope Walker semifinalist. Um, what's funny to mention that is. The Mountain West Conference released their um, all uh, Mountain West team today, and the Mountain West this year has three really good backs. Uh, Donnell Pumphrey of San Diego State had about 1,900 yards uh, rushing this whole season. Uh, Brian Hill, Wyoming, he's another great back. I can't remember exactly his numbers, but it's about 1,700, something like that. And then um, Jeremy McNichols, 
rushing, he had about 1,600 yards. Um, but McNichols led the entire NCAA in touchdowns with 27. Uh, he had a bunch of receiving touchdowns, uh, etc. cetera. Uh, and the, the thing is, he's only a junior. He's technically got one more year. But, unfortunately right now, uh, he might very well declare for the draft, which would break my heart. That was going to um, be my next question. Oh, right on. Uh, uh, but and so far as um, Boise State running backs, uh, the next back you should keep your eye on is Alexander Madison. He's a true freshman. Uh, he got a couple of carries this year. I think he had uh, a one 100-yard game. But he is one of those three-down backs that's going to be a beast who just won't allow himself to be tackled. Uh, he's, um, he's not only a brilliant student. When he graduated from high school, he had like a 4.5 GPA, just a great guy, great student in general. But on the field, he just—he's just running people over. He's a monster. Okay, so now for the moment that I'm sure uh, you've been waiting for, and I know I have not been waiting for, um, <laughs> the Raiders are actually good for once. Um, how's that treating you? Well, it, it's uh, treating me pretty good, actually. Treating me very well. Um, the, the fact that I, I can say with a guarantee that they're gonna at least end the season with a winning record, uh, that, that, that's awesome. I, uh, I'm black for words, speaking. So, I mean, there's really no real slouch in your division. Um, and not only are you guys, like, doing well, you guys are on top of the division. I think they're on top of the conference, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. yeah. Well, are, are, they ab- are they ahead of the Pats? I think so. Yeah. I had well, so- uh, Sorry. Um, the Pats are 9-2, as well as the Raiders, so they're tied. And we don't know what the tiebreakers are telling us? Uh, I don't know what those are. No. Yeah. The Broncos are the defending Super Bowl champion, and I, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up the rivalry between the Denver Broncos and the Oakland Raiders. Are you getting some sort of extra satisfaction being able to say that the Oakland Raiders are on top of the division ahead of the reigning Super Bowl 50 champions? Before you answer that question, just give me a second to throw up in my mouth and then swallow it again. Uh, Okay, oh, and we're good. Okay, go ahead. uh, Well, thank you for setting up that softball question. It's it's very much appreciated. And the short answer to that is, yes, I am. (laughs) Um, But you you have to actually kind of feel for the Broncos on this one. Um, That... Sunday night game against the Chiefs. Um, that was a, a very weird game to watch, and having no rooting interest in that, but having an interest in you know as to who loses. Um, it, it, it was kind of interesting to watch because the Chiefs—they're that team that they're, they're not a, a sexy pick, you know. They're not uh, the team that are going to light things up. They're plain enough that you kind of look past them, but they're good enough and they're solid enough on their defense that you have to respect what they do because they're never not going to be in a game because of that defense. Um, Alex Smith is 
as vanilla as a quarterback as they come, but he does enough right things to to win. You know, they're they're eight and three for a reason. You know, they're making the right decisions, and they're and you know uh, Andy Reid's got them playing well enough that they're they're staying in this thing. Um, so, so I think that. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, so while we're on the topic of defenses, all right, Derek Carr, he's come out, he's proven himself. I don't think anybody is questioning that right now. He's shown the ability to, to lead the team to fourth quarter comebacks two games in a row now, playing through an injury, which looked extremely painful, by the way. My only question is how far is this defense going to take you? Because if you guys are going to try to make a deep run into the playoffs, there are some very good defenses that you're going to have to get past. Um, and uh, it's going to come down to your defense to, to kind of pick up and, and step up. Do you think your defense can do that and, and make a deep run into the playoffs for you guys? So the, the front seven, I would put up against anybody. Bruce Irvin, Khalil Mack. I mean, those guys are um, are getting pressure on the quarterback. If you were able to watch any of the um, – the game uh, this Sunday against uh, Carolina. Yeah, it actually um, ended in a strip sack by Mac, if I recall. Yeah, exactly. You know, they were able to. They, I can't remember how many sacks they got against um, uh, Cam Newton, but it was, it was more than one. And so they're able to apply the pressure, which is great. The, the flip side of that is the secondary. And if you watch that game, if Olsen, uh, if the tight end uh, from. Carolina Olsen could catch, um, they probably would have burned um, the Raiders' secondary a lot more than what they did. And that's kind of the frustrating thing. You, you know, if you get that pressure, great. But then you also have to deal with the fact that uh, the secondary is going to, you know, have a lapse and uh, allow, you know, a third and long to convert to, you know, another first and ten extending a drive. So that is a scary part, um, and it, it probably could come down to uh, a seasoned quarterback um, doing the right things. Alex Smith, uh, Tom Brady, you know, are these guys going to be the difference um, in burning the, the Oakland secondary? Uh, I am nervous about it, but um, it, it gets it comes down to if that happens, can the Raider offense um, kind of make up for that, keep pushing the, the down the field as well? Once again, we got Damian Alambra on the line here. Damian, uh, it was great talking to you. You know, we appreciate you getting on the podcast. Um, I, I hate to let you go, but, you know, I do got one question for you. It's It's been burning in my soul here to ask you this. Even if you don't agree, give me one team that you think that could beat the Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs. Ooh, one team that I think could beat the Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs. Um, you know, it's going to have to be a team with a really good defense because Dak Prescott, um, he is, I, I don't know how he's doing it, but he is playing um, like no rookie ever should. But uh, I'll go with the Seahawks. Uh, I'll say that the Seahawks and their secondary um, will be able to keep um, the receivers in check and maybe hopefully uh, that gives the defensive line 
the ability to get pressure on Dak, even though, yes, Dak is hiding behind that wall of an offensive line, best uh, offensive line uh, in the NFL, they will maybe be able to do it. All right, Damian. Well, thanks for coming on, as always. And uh, I can't wait to have you back on again. Right on. Thank you, guys. Alrighty, well, that was a great interview. As always, Damien, uh, you're more than welcome to come on this pod. We love your insight. Um, I mean, you have a really good overall picture of, of uh, you know, college football yeah, in college, general. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely, it's it's awesome. You interview really well. As as the season winds down, every you know, everybody wants to hear you know what what's hot in the draft. Who are we getting? Yeah, who's yeah, doing yeah. What so, Damien, uh, hope you pay attention to that because you'll be on quite a bit in the off season. We got a Thursday night game here in 48 hours, brother, that we got to talk about. Dallas at Minnesota. Oh, shoot. Yeah, man. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, so that's going to be an interesting game. That's going to uh, that's gonna be a battle of the trenches. Right. It's going to be World War One up in that. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited to see it. Um, I think you're going to be disappointed, man, because Dallas taking that game. Uh, I'm actually hoping because we know that they have the division. Wait, you you going to bet? That's a safe bet. Yeah, I mean, I, I would take Dallas, Minnesota. We beat Minnesota, so if they're if if Detroit wins their, con- you know their conference. Yeah, Minnesota's got to get a wild card, right? But we beat them. And oh, Atlanta. so I see what you're saying. So you're so, actually a, so, so so let me get this straight. You're actually a Cowboys fan for this, this game. Yeah, coming this up. game. I'll I'll even put. You know what? <laughs> you can't even say it. Look at your face right now. No, I'm trying to think. If I had to put on a jersey, who would it be? And uh, Dak. Zeke. No. You know who it would be? I know exactly who it would be. It would be Sanchez. Sanchez? Yeah, I'm, I'm a Sanchez fan. I yeah. Mean, what if he gets a rain this year? <laughs> that would just be nuts to think about. Sanchez is a super... Mark Sanchez is a super... I, I guarantee champion. he retires going to modeling. Oh yeah, that's that's what I, I mean. Oh, can you blame him? No, nah, he's nah. got he's Super Bowl champion Mark Sanchez, right? Yeah. Um, cool man. Uh, so you're taking Dallas? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm taking Dallas. Um, I hope it should be a fun game. Um, you know, uh, I appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, check us out on iTunes, Dudes Talking Football, Stitcher, Dudes Talking Football. Check us out on Twitter at DTF Podcast. Uh, get at us with your questions. Um, what else, man? SoundCloud dudes talking football. Yeah, I mean you got a Twitter handle. Um, yeah, B4G the kid. I'm at uh, Little Man Big Yaris. If you want uh, anything to do with uh, AFC East or or the New York Jets, I don't know how far this podcast uh, reaches out there in the East, but uh, I mean, come at it. I actually saw a Jets fan at my work today. Oh wow! Yeah, that's like an enigma. It, it here. Yeah. Even with their record. Yeah. Wait a minute. I went to your work today, didn't I? No. Oh, okay. So somebody else. Yeah. That's crazy. Alrighty. Well, um... Yeah, we appreciate you guys. Uh, Johnny will be back for the Friday podcast. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you.